This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Hey, 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 business storytellers. That's right. Let's go. Let's get this party started. Let's talk about audio. And you know what? I never used to be a fan of audio because I had a voice for the newspaper, I guess. But then I started podcasting, then I started doing all these other things. And the most recent thing I ran across is racket.com. So I want you, I want to show this to you quickly, and then we'll get to today's guest. But Racket today, uh, Racket today, racket.com is basically an audio um, network. Now, what you do, you go in here and you can record audio stories, audio messages. Um, super easy to do. I've done a few. I don't know if I go in here, if it's going to mess with my audio on the show. Um, and basically you just record them, then you publish them. I'm going to go back to my own, uh, my own homepage here to show you. And then interestingly, so here's all these different shows, um, or all these different rackets, I guess, if that's the right term, we'll ask our guests. Um, and then people can listen to them. People can leave you a voicemail. People can talk to you about them. I don't think anything is live. I think everything is recorded, which is interesting. Very different model from like Clubhouse, which I'm not a fan of, quite frankly. But that's it. Racket.com. I've been using it. So we got today's uh, today's guest is the founding editor, Matthew Gay, joining us um, from across the globe. 12 hour time difference here. Matthew, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me on. Founding editor of Racket.com. Tell us about the the site. Why did it? Why does it exist? Um, you know, what, what's the market need, and, and um, are people using it? Looks like they are. Sure thing. Yeah, thank you. So it started last summer. Um, our team had built uh, what originally was Capiche.com, which was a network for um, business software. Right. And so if you were basically think of it as a stack overflow for using business software, if you have a question about Excel or MailChimp, whatnot, you could go ask it there. And we were trying to find ways to sort of expand what was going on there and had ideas around online conferences, online events. One thing led to another. And our founder, Austin Peter Smith, um, had this idea around live streamed audio. And so our original take on this idea was Capiche.fm, which was this live streamed audio platform actually based around phone calls. Right? So you could literally call into your show and just on an actual phone call, live stream a podcast. And you could have anyone else dial into that number. They could talk live as well. And it was really interesting. That, that then moved to the web and we started having like web-based live streams. And people liked it. But the thing we noticed was when you're going live like that and you're trying to get an audience in listening live and you're trying to um, let people come on stage and ask questions during that live call, you end up repeating yourself a lot, right? The thing you're trying to build is almost that live audience. And so as more people come on, you end up wanting to repeat yourself. You end up with something that's perhaps hard to listen to afterwards, right? Because someone coming in later would listen to this and you repeat yourself three times and it's 45 minutes, but they didn't necessarily need 
all that repetitive info. So the thing we noticed that was working really well with people listening and resharing and actually coming back to the content was stuff that was a bit more focused, whether it was a clip from one of those live shows or something where someone came on and had a specific agenda and said, I'm going to talk about this one thing, talked about that. And that actually worked better with listeners. So we went to the, back to the drawing board and um, the idea with Racket was, what if we could make it the absolute simplest possible to get your voice online, right? So Capiche FM was trying to simplify it already, but it was like, what if we simplified even further? Um, one of the ideas here was basically, it's obviously easy to publish text on the internet, whether it's a tweet or a blog post. Um, it's easy to publish a video, even, even a 4K video. It's seconds. Anyone knows how to do it. And yet audio still has this gap of the whole production process and recording. Um, you may even want to go back and edit your audio, which is an entire challenge there. Um, and once you do edit it, there's that confidence thing. If you're going to say weird stuff, ums and ahs and whatnot. And so you'll want to edit that out and maybe never have the confidence to publish it. So what if we could help you basically self-edit? Um, and the idea there with Racket is a timer. So you've got that super simple studio and a nine-minute timer. And you come on there and you hit start and you can record up to nine minutes of audio. You can go shorter, but nine minutes is the, is the cap. And then basically that keeps you focused. That gives you something that listeners will be able to understand and have time to listen to. I have a friend who's sent me a podcast before that was three hours long. And that's just really hard to find the time to actually go listen to a three hour long production versus nine minutes. It's almost hard to say, I can't find nine minutes for something. Right. And um, so that gives you that ability to very quickly, you have an idea, even if you're just walking down the road, you could go to racket and record it, publish it, share it with the world. And so that in a nutshell is the core idea behind racket. Well, in time limits, it's, it's kind of interesting anyways, because, you know, we have a time limit of about 27 minutes on this show. And what I found is, you know, it's like, I don't want to, I don't know if it's more structured than it used to be, but, you know, if I got four questions, I kind of have them in mind, right? You know, I got to get them into right. a certain time frame because if I get to question number two at minute 25, I'll never get done. <clears throat> so, but on Racket, you can't, upload audio right you have to record it at that time right yes yes for now it's uh you have to record um you basically idea once again is you're coming in with an idea and you want to record it right then and then share it with the world um you can listen before you publish um but beyond that there's no editing you can't actually you can download your mp3 if you want to take that recording and share it elsewhere that's great uh but there's no option right now to upload something um it's something we may explore going forward but for now the idea is What's going to be the simplest way for you to get your thoughts online? So, of course, I'm a big fan of Create Once, Publish Everywhere, and, and, and you hear me uh, share things on Racket.com, you know, all the time. I do need a little bit of a push usually. Uh, I think I get an email on Fridays, the top rackets of the week, which then reminds me to, <clears throat> to record my own racket. Um, but it is another step, right? So, for example, sure. today, today we are... You know, we're live streaming to all these different channels, you know, Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, LinkedIn. Then we're going to go to uh, the DBNA television network. Then we go to the podcast. Then we go to the Helium radio network. That's brand new. If you guys haven't heard that, Tuesday nights, 7 p.m. Central Time is when the episodes launch. And all that is almost um, a very integrated process, right? I don't have to do any extra work for the most part, other than clipping out the 29 seconds at the beginning for TV. How 
what's the best way for people to integrate racket i mean it's 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 a little standalone right at this point sure, and is sure. that um but i i can also see the advantage because you know i go on there and i literally i talk about something that i haven't talked about in that way so but at some point push comes to shove right it either people connect with me there or not right so that's um that's I, right. what's your thought on that theory right so once again i think it comes back to what if you haven't made a podcast before, right? Like to get to the spot where you're at today with uh, publishing on all these different platforms, that's a lot to get set up and a lot to get started. And Racket can be great for that because once again, you can sort of slot it in there and have it be one more way to promote your content or to reshare ideas. Um, a similar idea there would be, I've seen a lot of writers and bloggers do this, um, is say you write something as a post and then you perhaps publish that on your personal blog. It does well. Maybe you want to also share it on Medium. Uh, to get that content out there again. Maybe you're going to make a Twitter thread that has multiple instances of basically the main points broken out. Um, and then now Racket's another option in there where you could come on there and say, record yourself talking through that article or perhaps uh, interview someone on Racket that you use as part of the article that you then quote later. Um, and so it all sort of pieces together. I think the way we're looking at it mostly though is especially for people starting out, right? There are so many more bloggers than there are podcasters. And there's this gulf of basically a skill set and a sort of a setup cost and a learning curve before you can actually get a podcast online and do it well, right? And so the goal here is what if you can simplify it down and you broaden that and you get the next million, 10 million people talking online and publishing their voices. And then with that, over time, I would imagine we will have more ways to share your content, to integrate that with other publishing workflows uh, but for now, focus is definitely on what can we do to keep it as simple as possible. And simple it is. I mean, I do have to say that. And I mean, you just open it up. The one thing I have noticed sometimes when I record something, I always I like to clear my throat <laughs> every time before you talk, you know, on, on sure. with the mic. And I, I sometimes keep picking that up at the beginning of my rackets. Now, it is super simple, though. You go in there and you just click go into the studio. I showed that to you guys earlier here on the on the video um, version. And and you just start talking. Now, I don't think I've made it to nine minutes yet. Why the number? Why nine? Is that totally arbitrary or is there some kind of reasoning behind it? It is fairly arbitrary. The thing mm -hmm. I like about it personally is that you can ask someone to come on your show for 10 minutes right? And that's this really easy ask. If you ask someone to do a full-on interview or to come on a podcast for a half hour, they've got to schedule it. It's a bit of a thing. Um, with Racket with nine minutes, you can basically say, hey, if you've got 10 minutes, you can come on and chat. And that gives you the setup time to say they come on. And a fun little feature we have in Racket is you can start talking before you're recording, right? So you invite a guest in, they can come in just with your <clears throat> studio link there. Um, they come in there, enter their name. They don't have to sign up for Racket. They can just come in, and start talking with you live there, right? And so before you start recording, you can say hi and get all the greetings out of the way, right? Where a lot of podcasts have that, where you have a bit of back and forth, how's things been going, whatever. That can be nice for the audience, but often that's not necessarily needed. You can get that out of your system, clear your throat before you start recording, right? And then when you're finished, you can go up to your ending, uh, you can stop anytime, or you can go up to your nine minutes, either which way. Uh, when you're done, same thing. Your mic's still live, but it's not recording. Um, and you can say bye, thank the guest for coming on, um, and then wrap up without that having to be on the recording as well. Um, so that is a little way that basically the nine minutes worked in there. 
as far as why that time, we had looked at a bit of data from Capiche FM of what people were sharing, what recordings were basically working for people to go back and listen to again, to share, to have people come in and listen to more. And it felt like if you're talking by yourself, I feel like four or five, six minutes ends up being honestly a pretty good amount of time. If you have a guest on, if you have at least two people uh, talking, nine minutes gives you enough time to at least dig into one or two or three core questions, maybe go in for a secondary question where you follow up with something, get something interesting and share it. Um, it is less than, say, for example, a TED Talk. They're 18 minutes, which interestingly, you know, the TED Talk number limit is sort of just random as well. Uh, the founder, Richard Saul Worman, uh, would originally sit on the platform uh, while people were doing a TED Talk. And when he would get bored, he would sort of stand up and start walking towards them. And they would end up moving off the stage and figuring out, okay, I should wrap up. Um, and they figured out after doing that for a while, okay, around 16, 17, 19 minutes ends up being the time where people would, you know, the talk would start not being quite as interesting. And so that's why they went with that time. For us, it was something shorter, but a similar kind of thing where it's like, okay, this seems like something interesting. And so far, it's been really neat to see what people are doing with it. We've had a lot of good feedback around that time limit. So I think it worked, but we'll definitely keep seeing as it goes forward. Well, I mean, I have never even gotten to the uh, to, to the nine nine minutes on any of these uh, three minutes, two minutes, two minutes, five minutes, four minutes, five, three, three. But I'm also 50 sec 57 seconds. That was my first one. But of course, I'm just wow, kind of yeah. playing around. I didn't even think about that. You could invite people. I know I, I showed that button as you were talking through. I shared that with people here watching on the on the video version of the, of the show. And <clears throat> That's interesting. So if you want to start podcasting, that's actually an easy way to start that. Um, I personally think it's not that difficult to have a show for 30 minutes. Um, but I can see I know I know it's hard for some people to get started, just like blogging was um, hard for people to do. Now, how do people I don't remember how I found the network. I think it was um, I actually think somebody you I think you did the the uh, Beta, beta thing, right? Like only so many people sure, can yeah. come in, whether that's for yep. marketing or for real. Uh, it usually typically works a lot of times. I mean, Clubhouse, same thing, right? Everybody, oh, who has a Clubhouse invite? Oh my goodness, we need to be on Clubhouse because it's so, um, you know, exclusive. And now everybody's on it and nobody, very few people use it. I hardly ever use it. So, but how do people find it? How do they run across it? Like, what's the... Um, like, like who should use it right away? Or is it just, is it everybody? Definitely. Yeah. So shout out to the people who were original members of the Capiche community and the Capiche FM community. Um, a lot of people there that had followed our work from those places and previous things were some of the earliest testers. And so about early April this year is when people started coming in and using Racket. And we were really surprised at how quickly people wanted to start using it. And as you mentioned, we had the early beta um, that was a bit invite only. You could get in, but you had to sort of get on a wait list. And as we started letting more and more people in, um, now it's open beta. And so we're still uh, we're still calling it beta because it's not the whole way finished, right? We don't have our mobile apps out yet. Uh, we have a few things that we're still wanting to build out. But the core ideas are there and the core infrastructure is working well enough um, where anyone can go sign up. Um, how people are discovering it today often is through word of mouth, right? So someone you know makes a racket, they share it on Twitter and their newsletter and their blog post. And then you go in and listen to it. And hopefully you think, hey, this is interesting. You could send them a voicemail. There's an envelope icon 
in the top right of any racket as you're listening to it. You could record a voicemail and send them and say, you know, hey, thanks for this recording. I really enjoyed it. That's the way a lot of people come in. Um, you can ask people questions. Um, that's the way we've seen a lot of people coming in recently is if you have a racket account, um, you have an ask me anything button there. And similarly, you can just share that link with anyone and they can record an up to 30 second question, send it to you. And then you can go and reply with a racket of your own any anytime you have time after that. So that can be a way to almost do a group podcast or a, like a, a two person podcast without actually even having to schedule anything without having to be online at the same time. Um, and so that's, that's a great way to get your audience in there and say, you know, hey, what, what do you like to talk about and get their input? Um, and then you have people to just come in and sign up. So it's been very interesting to see. Our definite goal is to get more and more people in there listening and creating rackets. Yeah, so um, I, I, mean, I think it's, it's fantastic. Um, the one thing that always I struggle with with any new network, I mean, even, you know, I just ended up here on this page while you were talking. I was showing people the, the record your question or ask me anything button. Um, seven followers. I mean, it's just every time you build a new uh, profile anywhere, you know, it's just it's like this whole hamster wheel of building your community, connecting with people. And I think on Racket so far, I mean, there's only seven followers, but they're all people that I don't I'm not connected to on other networks. Right. So that drives me crazy yeah. usually because why do I need another network like on Clubhouse? Like I I don't know. I haven't been on there in a long time, but. When I look at Clubhouse, like early on, the same people I connect with on there are the people I'm connected with on Twitter or LinkedIn or whatever. Like, why do we need another network? You know, here it's a little bit different. It seems like different people, but it's seven, you know. So I think it's always like that hurdle people have to come over to to build their community. How do you, what's the discoverability? How do you find people you want to connect with? Definitely true. So let me touch on the first part first and then come back on um, how to find people. Um, so I feel like there is one advantage, at least, of building a new network um, without it being tied to people that are already following you elsewhere. Um, if we step back a few years, honestly, I forget how long it's been now. Um, App.net had come out as sort of a competitor to Twitter. Um, it was going to be um, a paid alternative to Twitter, actually. I forget what they were charging. Maybe it was 10 bucks or something. And you sign up and and it was this new network and people were trying to build sort of like, what could you do if you built Twitter, but as a sort of API that ran across applications? Imagine the same messages showing up, say, in a game or in a collaboration tool or whatever. Um, it ended up uh, that, that dream sort of fizzled out and the network more or less disappeared. I believe it may be open source now. Uh, but at any rate, the thing that was interesting to me there um, was it was brand new. And you went in, you didn't import your existing followers, you didn't import the people you were already following, right? So you had to start from the ground zero and find interesting people, follow them, get them to follow back. And I made friends there that actually I've kept in touch with years later. Um, so that can be a positive effect of having a new network versus things that import your address book or connect to existing social networks. You may just have the same people. Um, that said, definitely discoverability is a challenge and something we've already done a few things on, but we want to do a lot more. Um, so definitely stay tuned going forward there. But for today, uh, when you first sign up for Racket, you're probably going to discover people either through your existing network. So once again, maybe that isn't that you're importing your Twitter account, but it's that you made a Racket. Imagine uh, person A makes a Racket. They share it on their Twitter or their newsletter. And then their follower, person B, clicks through and they see that. Maybe they sign up for Racket to keep following that person there. That's a roundabout way of getting in. But the other way would be if you signed up as a brand new user and you go to that trending page, you might discover someone new that you enjoyed listening to their stuff 
follow them. And then you end up discovering new stuff, right? People you might have not ended up following otherwise, right? Um, at first, that was the only directions we had was basically come in and find people that way. Today, we have search. So you can go through and you can search people's profiles, search through rackets, find things you're interested in, and then follow those people. Um, there's also tags. And so I feel like tags are the best way to sort of come in and say, okay, I'm interested in marketing, I'm interested in blogging or what have you. And you can go in there and find tags related to stuff that you're interested in and then see other uh, people on Racket who have been posting about those things. So there was uh, a Racket a few days ago, I noticed that they were talking about cooking vegan food. And I clicked through and was surprised to see, oh, wow, here's this whole set of people who have already been talking about cooking vegan food. And here's basically... There's a new network, right? If you wanted to find new people to follow, new voices to um, hear about cooking, there, there was those group of people right there. And so that can be an interesting way to sort of build a new network. So I feel like there's value to both directions. Um, if you just brought in your existing followers, that maybe it would just be yet another thing that was similar. And that by recreating that, you can get some new value. But it is a chicken egg problem of which comes first, right? You're creating content or getting followers. And so that definitely can be a challenge. It's also interesting when I'm looking at, so I just, you know, going through these tags here as you were talking about tags, it's also important to have a good headline, quite frankly, especially as you're building it, um, you know, at first starting, I mean, these are some pretty good headlines. Starting a business is not about freedom of time. Okay, interesting. You know, I added to my queue, I can listen to it later. Creating work for free is okay. I mean, certainly Marky Masters here is pushing my buttons. I, in general, I don't think that's true, but I haven't listened to the racket. Now, once I listen to it, I can leave a voicemail. Now, um, some of you guys have heard me talk about voicemails and how I hate, hate, hate voicemails. In fact, I have a new T-shirt out on Amazon that says, don't leave me a voicemail, which, interestingly, the voicemail gets transcribed anyways and then sent to me, right? <laughs> as so it's not like I actually listen to it. But what has been people's reaction to, because they actually have to listen to it. So you, for example, left me a voicemail yesterday on a racket and and I didn't listen to it right away because partially because I got it all set up on my computer. I know that you're working on the app and I know all those things are kind of faced uh, faced nowadays anyways, right? Not everything comes out at once. And I didn't listen at it at first because I'm like, oh, whatever, it's on my computer. And I said, hey, I better go listen to this voicemail because what it's about tomorrow's show. But you just said, hey, um, something about the racket, you know, nice racket, blah, blah, blah. And it was much deeper than that, obviously. But anyway, so <laughs> um, what's been people's feedback to to leaving voicemails again for each other? Yeah, so it's funny you mentioned that with actual voicemail. I don't even have voicemail set up on my phone. I don't think I've used actual phone call-based voicemail in years. Um, but on racket, it's been interesting. I've Message a lot of people, had them message us back um, that were like, this is super fun. They find it interesting to get a voice message again. Um, I think for some people, right, it hits this spot of novelty where you don't tend to hear people's voices on the internet except, well, say in a show like this or, or, or in a podcast or something that's a bit more scripted, right? And just to have that off the cuff thing of like, hey, I really appreciated this and have some follow-up idea and sort of end up brainstorming almost about what they were talking about um, can be really interesting. Um, definitely, as you mentioned, though, that does add some challenges of, are you available to listen to something right then? Um, and so definitely want to add more options there in the future, um, as far as maybe if you want to share a link and you don't want to read out a link over the voicemail or whatnot. Uh, but for now, we're trying to 
really embrace the voice thing and say, okay, what if everything was voice, right? And then maybe over time we can scale back or change some things there. Uh, but it's definitely, I feel like, been an interesting experiment so far. Uh, one I've enjoyed. It's worth giving a shot anyhow. Absolutely. And the other thing I just uh, I wanted to mention too is um, you do actually have uh, transcripts on um, on everything. Now they're they're machine generated. Um, not terrible on my name. Um, yep. Interestingly, not even Apple Auto. Uh, Apple uh, voice dictation sometimes spells my name correctly. Um, but, you know, so you can actually record a racket and then grab the entire um, transcript and use that for something. So that's um, yep. that's fantastic that it does it. And does it pretty quickly, right? I mean, as, as soon as I'm done recording, I, I've seen that right. before with as creating the transcript. And then by the time I'm done, the transcript is done. Definitely, yeah. Often, pretty much by the time you've added your title and uh, cover image, it should be up there. Which one little hack there, you can go in there and edit your transcript. Um, if you go to your in the top right menu, there's a post option, and you can go and edit any of your rackets to change a title or whatever. Your transcript will be in there as well. And you can basically then, you could use that as a description more or less. So say you had a blog post somewhere else or an existing podcast, whatnot, you could link to that in the top there. Or if you had a script, and the AI transcript wasn't perfect, you could just paste in your uh, script instead uh, or add formatting or whatnot. Um, but broadly, it should be more or less okay. The funniest one, I saw one the other day that was like, um, someone was talking about the to-do list app, Asana. And of course the transcript came out as A space sauna, like you're in a sauna in a gym. Um, yeah. But you know, that's okay. I also wonder, honestly, like how much editing is necessary for some of those things, because I mean, like my wife and I text each other all the time, you know, with voice, uh, voice, uh, voice to text. And we don't yep. change. We don't fix things when when they're like super obvious. Right. You know, like, I mean, right. one of my daughter's names is never spelled correctly and we never fix it. The other day I th said something about, you know, there's a meet and greet and it said meet M-E-A-T, you know, as opposed to meeting like. You can figure that out, right? I guess as totally if you're right. a brand, yeah. you might you might want to go in and update it. But um, how many words are nine minutes? Do you know without? Oh well, uh, right off. I'm gonna bet fifteen hundred. I'm not sure. Depends so are you allowed? I think that's probably correct. It's very. It's always super interesting. So you can of course talk fifteen hundred words much quicker than you can write them. Can you publish a racket and then use the transcript as a foundation for an article? Oh, you totally could. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. I've, done so that's a good idea. I've interviewed people before an article and had them come on and sort of talk about something and then use quotes from that in the blog post later. Um, or flip side, write a blog post, publish it, and then record a racket of that, which you could just read it off. Or ideally, if you can sort of expound on that, you won't sound so scripted. Uh, but either which way works, definitely. So that's what I do currently. Actually, the the the, the second way, I suppose, um, I you know when I when I when I publish articles for VoxPopMe.com, I later go in and I basically record a racket talking about the blog post. So I'm not reading word for word, but I'm like, oh, this was interesting and this was interesting, and whatnot. Matthew, it was great to have you on the show. Twenty eight minutes always go by so fast. Uh, really appreciate you sharing your insights about Racket.com. Um, good luck with the project, and uh, please stay in touch. Absolutely. Thank you so much. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. 
And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win. Hello. Hi. Are you still there? I have a special offer for you. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. My going live book is now available on Amazon.com. And if you're in the United States, I'm happy to send you a signed copy, which you can order at paypal.me forward slash C-T-R-A-P-P-E, C-T-R-A-P-P-E forward slash 12. Thanks for your interest. If you're not in the United States, I can't send you a signed copy, but of course you can order on Amazon.com.